listening to Unshaken, a podcast of the women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host, and we are already in episode 11 in season 5. I can't believe how quickly this season has rolled right by. It's November, and it's chilly outside. I just encourage you right now to cuddle up with your favorite blanket and your favorite candle that smells like pumpkin. Um, Some people like the pumpkin smell. And get ready to listen to a fabulous new interview today. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to stop and remind you to make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast directory, and you also join our Facebook page, Unshaken Podcast, and also make sure that you share this information with others who don't know about our podcast. If a particular episode has really encouraged or blushed you, then share it on your social media or send it in a text to somebody. We are so thankful for this opportunity to have you listen, and I am so grateful when you share. Also, don't forget, we have our special bonus season that's dropping right along each week with our regularly scheduled episode. And that bonus season is aimed specifically for all of you moms out there. We love you moms, and we are so thankful for all the work you do each and every day in your homes. And I I think you're going to be really encouraged as you listen to this bonus season because it's all focused on topics that relate to motherhood. So make sure you check those out too. Okay. Here we go. When I was a little kid, my parents didn't have a ton of money. Uh, We rarely ate any cereal beyond cornflakes. This is true. In fact, sometimes my mom would make this really good potato dish and it had cornflakes crushed on the top, so it was good. I definitely was fed well and I was had clothes and shoes, you know, but my dad was a teacher and kind of a hobby farmer for most of my growing up. Uh, One thing that my parents did, well, actually my dad did, is he did all the grocery shopping, which is kind of crazy. He would buy uh, anything and he loved to buy sales and one of his, and get a deal, I should say, and one of the things he loved to buy was powdered milk. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever had powdered powdered milk. It's really good as a money saver and it sounds great. You know, you just mix it with water and pretty soon it looks like milk and it would probably be really good to use if you were baking. I think you could use it easily with baking, but I have to tell you, it doesn't really have the same texture as real milk in my opinion. And it's absolutely disgusting if you do not mix it or blend it well. And I know this for sure because I can remember many times sitting at the breakfast table with my cornflakes and my bowl and my mom making the milk ahead of time with the powdered milk and forgetting to mix it all the way or maybe not mixing it enough and I'd get a chunk in my cereal. And it was gross, absolutely gross. So I guess what I have to think today is that if you do not blend something well, you probably will have some problems. And in my case, it was disgusting. But in some cases, it just is a problem, problematic things. So today we're going to actually talk about this same kind of concept. Now, we're not going to have a recipe show today about how to use powdered milk, okay? But we are going to talk about this principle of blending. And here's the thing. If you don't want something, if you don't mix something well, you're actually going to have kind of a yucky result. So we're actually gonna talk about a season of life. It's a kind of season that some women get involved in that is not always by choice. Um, It's the season of life when two families blend together to make one. Sometimes it's due to divorce. Sometimes it's due to the death of a spouse. But this topic is not something that is going to go away. So instead of ignoring it, 
we thought on Unshaken it'd be great to talk about it because a lot of women are touched by this. It may not be you, it might be a friend, a family member, but it's really good to talk about it. So today I'm going to chit chat with my friend Audrey Johnson. She's a really good friend of mine and actually she's one of my neighbors now, which is really cool. Um, and she is going to talk about this topic of blending families. So I'm actually going to let Audrey tell you more about her personal story and her blended family in a few minutes, but let's start with some fun questions. So, um, hey Audrey, tell me a little bit about some of your favorites in your life. You know, like your favorite snack food, your favorite place to go. And I know you love dogs, so just go ahead and tell me your favorite dog breed, okay? Oh, I have a few, Julie. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I have so many favorites. So, Julie, my favorite snack food is licorice. Okay, I'm with you. I love yeah. licorice. Pull and peel is yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't mean black licorice. I do like that okay. too. I yeah. like black licorice. Yeah, I got I got some from Sauter's not too long ago. Ooh. It was so good. Yeah. I think with licorice, it's one of those things, either you love it or you hate it. I agree. I don't think anyone's in the middle with licorice. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. My favorite place to go right off the top of my hand, I'm right there with your dad. I love grocery shopping. Are you serious? I love it. I know it sounds bizarre, but I love preparing meals and packing lunches and making special things to wow my friends and oh family. My. Okay. And normally though, it's just me saying, this is the best whatever dish. <laughs> it just insert it I've ever made. Like I blow my own mind. And my family just usually rolls their eyes and then just devours it. Okay, so. are you someone who has like little um, boxes in your fridge that are all lined up like with, you know, like the little baby bell cheese all lined up perfectly? And... No, my refrigerator is a mess. <laughs> There's okay, no, good. it drives my husband insane. Yeah, it's always a mess. Okay, well, yeah. I'm with don't you on look that one. There. Just, <laughs> just right. sit at the table and don't go to the refrigerator. <laughs> okay. That's all. And then let's see, um, my favorite dog is any large breed. I've okay. had Rottweilers, I've had Mastiffs. And oh, those are I, big. I currently have an adorable Irish Wolfhound. And he is huge. He is. He's a big boy and he loves all people. Okay. And we're new puppy parents to a Bernice Mountain Dog that Ooh. we'll be picking up in a couple weeks Aww. and bringing home to join our family. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Now, do you have favorite pastimes or are you just full of busyness all the time? A little bit of both. Um, my favorite pastimes I would say is, um, I think visiting historical places. Yeah. I like, like I said, I meant to Sauter's. I love to go to Sauter's and just places that make my, um, my imagination soar. Yeah. Sauter's like, is an amazing place. Yeah. It's a local to where we live. It is. And it's full of, it's like a history museum, uh, hands-on history museum, yes. I guess is what you'd call it. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. I forgot to say That's that. That's okay. That was... <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's cool. If you've ever been around Greenfield Village, which is in Detroit, because mm -hmm. so that's about an hour north of us, mm -hmm. that's also really amazing. Yes. But Sauter's is way closer and local to some of our local history mm -hmm. right outside of Toledo. I love going to um, up in Michigan, too. I just like to think about inventors mm -hmm. and how they came up with something out of necessity, especially. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. They probably are the ones who created the way our fridges look. We just don't take care of them very I don't good. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, Audrey, let's um, let's go back all the way to the beginning. Okay. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your growing up years and actually how you met your first husband? Because I think that's where we have to go back to mm -hmm. to start with. Wow. I just turned forty-six, so that's like visiting a historical ancient place. Well, you just said you love history. I know. So this is good, <laughs> right? <laughs> So I grew up in a wonderful farming community, and I'm one of seven kids. Wow. I'm actually part of a blended family. Yeah. Huh. So my dad married my mom um, after his first wife, and she was a mother of five, had died of tuberculosis. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a 10-year gap between me and my youngest half-sister. And so at growing up, 
I lived with my parents, my, some of my half sisters, because some had moved out and you know yeah, gone to college a, and whatnot. Yeah. And then I had my grandma there and an aunt with epilepsy, and we all grew up together. Oh, and my little brother, of course, okay. can't forget him. No, the baby. You yeah, may have wanted to. At I, know, times. I did. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we were only um, blended, but we are multi-generational as yeah. well. And that's the way I grew up. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting to bring that in because this is mm-hmm. not actually something new to you. No. Kind of blending. And there could be other ways. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that till you just said that. There could be other ways families are blending. It may totally. not be the same that we always think. It could adoption. be through adoption. Yeah. Or even a fostering situation mm-hmm. for a time period where you're bringing in someone else into your home. Mm-hmm. But I know that I grew up and we had a great aunt that lived with us for a long time. Same thing. And she, you know, it just, it changes how you look at things. So totally. Okay. Totally. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So I met my first husband in high school and he was a senior when I was a freshman Oh. and yep, he was an only child. So I was probably a little intrigued by that at that point in my life with growing up in a blended home. Like what yeah. is it like to be an only child? <laughs> yes. I had to study this, you know? <laughs> and so, um, he had things about him that he liked. He was a little bit dangerous. He was mm. sweet to his mom and he loved to spend time with me doing anything. Um, he lived about a half hour away from me, and he never minded just driving to come pick me up to go to a movie or walk around the mall or anything that I wanted to do. Hmm. And uh, he went to the Marine Corps as soon as he graduated, but we kept the relationship alive while writing letters from San Diego to Berkey and North Carolina to Berkey yep. and all these other places that he went. We just wrote back and forth. Yeah. And I often came home from school with letters on the dining room table. Yeah. This is you know. pre, pre-texting. It was pre-texting, pre-Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no Wi-Fi, instant messages or anything. Anything. It was all letters. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually kind of cool. It's an it's another historical piece of time, yeah. right? Yeah. It okay. Is. So, um, so you did you then if you were writing letters, when did you actually cement this and like get married? When he got out of the Marine Corps, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And how old were you? Uh, well, we got married when I was seventeen. Okay. Wow. So we didn't wait very long to um, tie the knot. Okay. And get married. Yes. Um, so our first baby then was born the, the summer after that, that was Chelsea. She was a little girl Okay. and we started having our family right away too. And, um, he was out of the Marine Corps at, at that time, like I said, and we just got busy and yeah. we thought we were starting our heritage. We thought that yep. we were, you know, starting our family and our history. And at that point I thought I had it all. Yeah. Um, even though we were always short on money. Well, you that's know. true for anybody yeah. that's early married. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I can relate to your parents and just making things work yep. and yep. doing what you love while you you just like alter and you know get yep. back on other things. Keep and going. That's what we yep. did. Yeah, we found ways to make moments special with very little. And the breakthrough for our finances was when he became a police officer. Okay, that's cool. Then you think that things would get easier. Yeah. 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 Um, but I was happy until. I wasn't. I liked being a, a police officer's wife, and I liked, you know, kind of like telling the stories and stuff like that. But it got old. Yeah. You know. And, and his and his job. Did he work nights? Did he work days? He worked a lot of different shifts. Yeah. And he um he picked up a lot of side jobs. And that can be very hard on a marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that that was really what, you know, caused the divorce, yeah. but you know, it, that's here or there. there those yeah. are like external things that you can yes. work through, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have other kids though? We did. We had two little boys after Chelsea. Okay. So we had three together. Three together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And the last years of our marriage, they were kind of the ugly years, you know, mm. we, we were both to blame. Mm. We sought counseling through his work and, um, I felt like a victim that could not see 
at that point what her sin was. Like that's I was just the victim at that point. Mm. And I didn't think I had any fault in what was going on. And I can look back on it now and just shake my head in disbelief that that's the way I was. Right. And it, it, it makes me shameful. Mm. Um, I wanted to tell, I wanted the counselor just to tell him how terrible he was and that he should never treat a wife the way he did. Mm. And um, I didn't even consider getting help from my church at that time since I was so deep in my sin and my blame. Um, I was being told by many people, my friends and my family, right. that I was right and he was wrong. And that's all I needed. I didn't need to go further. Right. Because that's all I wanted. It's interesting how the people around you, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about how you want to get, you want to hang out with the people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I was probably a good storyteller too at that point. I, I think, was, yeah, mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I think it would be easy to kind of embellish. It I'm is. not saying you did, but I'm just saying I'm sure I can do was. that if I want. So yeah. 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 Yes. Now, were you a Christian at this time? No, I wasn't. I mentioned that I was in a church. It wasn't the same church that I call home now. Mm. I was just going on Sunday alone with my kids, as a, and I was never a part of a Bible study. Um, I wasn't even reading my Bible. I wasn't confessing sin. I don't even re- remember prayer being a part of my life, except for oh. a part of the par- prayer with my kids. Yeah. Um, at Just once a day. Um, I just prayed with them before bed and that yeah. was it. Yeah. Kind of the routines. Exactly. And it so, was just a so routine. church was more of a tradition than for you. Yeah, it was. I went, I went on Sundays growing up as a kid and it probably felt like tradition there too. So I just kept it going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what happened with your marriage? Did it end in divorce? What, what happened? Yes. We ended in divorce. Um, and I was, like I said, I was not a believer at that point and neither was he. Um, the divorce was painful for all of us, mm. especially the kids who are now affected by this big thing in their lives, and it's all because of our sin. Mm. Um, I found a letter when we were recently moved from one of my sons begging us not to divorce. Yes, and that letter still to this day just breaks my heart, Mm. and it's it's hard. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's all from sin. Yes, Mm -hmm. but what about, okay, so, we're going to move on to the rest of your story. This is okay. kind of a this is a sad part. Yeah, this was a sad a sad moment. But what about forgiveness? Because yes. I know people who get divorced. Sometimes people. I mean, we've seen this on you know TV shows, movies. I know people personally who get divorced and never talk to their ex husband or ex wife mm-hmm. again. They are angry for the rest of their life with that person. Like, mm-hmm. and if and we know of murders that happen because of that. I True. mean, in the real yes. world. I hear about so, it. So what? How? What did you do? Well, I absolutely have forgiven my ex-husband. Colossians 3.13 says that bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you must forgive. Mm. As I became a believer and understood that there are commands in the Bible, I began to know this was something that I had to do, and I had to do it all the way. Mm. So when I forgave him, um, I found a peace that I could move on and have joy in my current life. God blessed me so deeply as I did this, and I was obedient to his command. So I can go to parties now with my, where my grandkids are and mm. enjoy that moment because I'm not festering mm. feelings. You didn't let the bitterness grow. Exactly, yeah. So I can enjoy every single moment now. Was, was this forgiveness that you dealt with something that happened in an instant, or was it more of a process for you? I believe it was a process. Um, and. It was a lot easier once I was in the word and praying and then it just happened. It just, Mm. my heart was softened and it truly was, that's just how it felt. Like my heart softened and then things just happened. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So that is a really good piece of advice right there for someone who might already have experienced divorce. Mm-hmm. And and not to, I think I love what you said about you worked on forgiving him, realized as a believer, that's what God calls us to do. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And then you pursued that forgiveness mm-hmm. and you let the Holy Spirit work on your heart. And you said, I'm going to choose to do this. And I think that's mm-hmm. huge. I think a lot of what inspired me to forgive him too, is seeing my own sin in the situation and knowing that I was part to blame as well. Hmm. And yes. I've never had a conversation with him about forgiving him or him forgiving me, but I feel like I'm okay with God now. Mm, that's and, important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you won't have those conversations exactly. because it doesn't work. You might not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here you are divorced and now mm-hmm. you are a single mom. You have three mm-hmm. kids. How old were your kids when you divorced? I want to say if I had to go back, I'm terrible with numbers and how old my kids are. <laughs> Someone just asked me today how old all my kids were and I had had to really do some math. Yes. So thinking back to ancient times again, I want to <laughs> say... They were 9, 12, and almost 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. Totally aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, so what did your, your life as a single mom look like? Like, was it, was it scary was it, or was it hard? How did you make things work? Well, learning how to do things as a single mom was a little tricky. Um, I found a place to live where my kids felt like they were at home even though it wasn't the home that they wanted. They wanted, you know, to be back the way things were, but I made it comfortable. Um, I had a car, I had food, I had a good job, and I had all the things that we needed. Um, But I still had a broken heart. Mm. I think that was the biggest thing I can remember. My biggest memory from that time was missing the kids Mm. um, on the the, the nights that they were with their dad. I missed them crawling into my bed after a bad dream. I missed watching movies with them. I missed laying out their school clothes and Mm. giving their baths at night. But I, I remember, you know, just having dreams that my little guy was crawling in bed with me and I'd wake up and he wouldn't be there. Yeah. It was, it was traumatic. It was really hard. Yeah. I used alcohol to escape at that time Hmm. and, um, I wasn't in a good point and I still wasn't a believer at that time either. Yeah. And at this point I wasn't going to church at all. Yeah. I was all on my own devices. So, so some lonely times it was and some hard times. So the money wasn't the big thing. It was the loneliness at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I bet actually, um, you know, hearing you you tell that story, it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm grateful for all that God's done, which we're going to get to more of mm-hmm. that. But um, it makes me think of single moms I know in my life. And, you know, I bet most of our listeners probably could think of a single mom in their life. And again, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a single mom because of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be a single mom because she chose to adopt some children by herself. Mm-hmm. It could be a single mother whose husband died. I mean, there's lots of situations. It could even be a woman whose husband may have, um, maybe absent. They may still be married, but he's sort of absent. Mm-hmm. That happens too. That does. So, yeah. so give me some things on ways that we who maybe aren't in that situation could support and love on single moms. Oh yes, totally. That's a good question. I think that if I was talking to a mom who was missing her kids and mourning what she thought was going to be a good or a lasting marriage, because it was at one point, you know, I think that I would start by just giving her a hug because hmm. sometimes there's not enough words yeah. to say that you understand or you want to help, but just starting there. Um, 
then I would, I'd pray with her and I'd pray for her. I would start Mm. a meaningful relationship with her, not just a superficial one, but one where she knows I care and Mm. that I'm, I'm checking up on her. Um, God really showed me a lot about how big he is when I was anxious about my kids having bad dreams without me Mm. or having a bad day when no one was there to listen. He encouraged me to teach them to pray too. Mm. So I would encourage her to teach her kids how to pray. Cause Mm. then when you're not there to help your kids, you know that they're going to God. Right. And that's what they should be doing first anyways. But yes. teach them to pray. And I had a peace in this that was mm. just all surpassing all other anxiety. Um, he, I mean, he, they're in his hands when we're together right. and when we're not. So that was big. And I'd remind her of God's attributes hmm. and that he loves families mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he restores, mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to stop working in us, that he won't. And that's where I began. And that's a lot. But yeah. it's the beginning. Yeah. And then I would go from there. Yeah. I, you know what I heard through what you said is you you needed like a relationship mm-hmm. with, with a person, like a, a friend. A and true. A true friend. Yes. Somebody who didn't care about your past or situation, mm-hmm. but would love you where you are mm-hmm. and maybe at times speak truth to you, mm-hmm. maybe encourage you, and maybe actually just be a shoulder to cry on, so to speak, or listen to. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you talked about how you kind of played the victim. Mm-hmm. And having people around you who were telling you what you wanted to hear. Yes. But in this situation, you probably, as a single woman, needed someone who's going to be encouraging. Yes. But speak some truth of God's word. Yeah. Yeah. I needed taken out of the victim role and yeah. put into a role of action yeah. and belief yeah. and and faith. And actually, that is such a great example to your kids mm-hmm. because I think it's easy to live when we have hard things happen. I don't care what they are. Hard. It could mm-hmm. be. A divorce situation, but it also could be, I don't know, you know, something else, a horrible car accident that affects you. How we respond to people is so how our kids watch us, how we deal with things, mm-hmm. how we deal with things. Our kids are watching everything we oh, do. Oh yes, totally. And I think that's really important to think about. Okay, so okay, so let's go back to your story. Thank you. That was good. Jump ahead a few years because um, you did get remarried. I Tell did. me a little bit about John because I'm ready for a, like a really mushy romance. Yeah, because you know the me now. I do. So, yeah, I do. So you know it gets better. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I met John again at a softball tournament. He was playing ball, and I was there to watch only. I'm not. I'm not athletic at all. Okay. I was just gonna say that no. does not sound like a good date to me. I'm I not do, sporty. Yeah, I'm not a softball girl. No. <laughs> We had been acquaintances for many years. Um, He was my best friend's brother-in-law. And so I had seen him a handful of times over the years. And he was always the single musician and lover of life, John. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that tells me a whole lot about him right there. I love that. He seemed way out of my league, though. Uh, I'm a mom. I'm damaged. Not up to speed at all on dating and what's fun in the world anymore. Mm. I was in a funk. Mm. But he sparked something in me. He was, in a lot of ways, the total opposite of all the things I mourned and was wanting to forget. I mean, we would just enjoy a music scene on a Friday night after work, and it was exciting. I would stay up all night and talk with him while he played guitar hmm. and then get up for work the next day after only a couple hours of sleep. That, was, you yes. know, that wasn't like me at all. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, and I felt like he had enough damage, too, that we were just in the right place at the right time together. Hmm. And when I looked into his eyes, I felt a connection. He was he was my first dating experience after my divorce. Mm. Several red flags were going up that I was falling for him. And it could be another mistake. And I could be rushing into something because I was damaged, yeah. remember? Yeah. By all the world's definition, I was mm-hmm. damaged. And the story of how we got married, it 
it kind of lies in how I found Christ. So mm. the story just gets better. Okay, so cool. So tell me about how you became a believer and then how this led you and John into further direction. Okay, so we were sitting around a fire with music, like always. Yeah, you that know, sounds like just, your favorite thing. Yeah, then. we were just talking. Yeah, unending conversation. If you know John, you know there's never a lull in conversation, <laughs> right? Yes. So there were points, though, in our dating where that our conversation wasn't romantic. It would be full of pain and mm. loss. We both missed our kids. We both wanted a stable home life for ourselves and our kids. We desired that. And we blamed our exes at this point. We were hitting the wall constantly and making things better for any of us. But it was on a Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what it was, but I can picture it in my head so clearly. And we were sitting around that fire. And I told John, I said, I just want to go to church. Not the church that I had gone to with my kids. Because at that point, it was just too painful to think about being in those seats without them. Hmm. And John just stood up and he replied, I got just the place. Cool. Yeah. And so it, had been, it was a church that he had been going to. And he said he desired to go back to. And we so went, he had gone at some point and mm-hmm. was coming back. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so we went on Easter. And I remember one particular person who was so happy to see John back that he picked John up. These are grown <laughs> men. <laughs> picked him up and was hugging him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, this love got my attention. <laughs> wow. It, yeah. Enough so that we kept going. And I don't have a specific day that I felt the old clothes come off and the new ones of a believer go on. It's definitely been a process of sanctification. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is for me. And after a few months, the the pastor of the church, who had you know we'd grown fond of, took us aside and told us that we're really, in every sense, married. Hmm. And he said that we're living together at this point. Get married was the next right. thing to do. And it's a way of continuing our life together and to start a new way of life that was honoring and obedient to God. And even through all the mess, God provided me with a heart that wanted to mm-hmm. obey Him and live a life that glorified Him, even at that point. And praise God, because I love John, and we married that August. That's awesome. So we started going to church on Easter, and we were married in August. Wow. Super yeah. fast. Yeah, it was. But that's okay. It is. That was like making some... You sounded like you made very clear decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, first your clear decision is, let's go to church. And for John, it was, let's go back to church, right? Mm-hmm. After years. And then this clear decision, which I love that you said, because I think this happens all the time. Sometimes people have an amazing light switch moment with Christ, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they see everything, and they, they, it's just so different. Sometimes it's more of a gradual it process, yeah. and yours was more gradual. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good to hear, because it's, it's okay either way. Mm-hmm. It is. God works in different ways to, it is. to bring us about change in our hearts and lives. His way is perfect. Okay. So what about divorce though? Because now Mm -hmm. you're a Christian, you have been divorced. And, uh, what does the Bible say about divorce? Because, Mm -hmm. and how did you and John even work through this with, now you have a new husband, John, like, how did you figure this out? Yeah. Cause now I'm um, starting to read my Bible and I'm starting to know more. Yeah. And according to the Bible, marriage is a lifetime commitment. Um, God created marriage and he intended it to be good for us. Yeah. But the fall, I learned that the fall ushered in sin, and it shattered all of our relationships. Yeah. Um, I read in Matthew 19, 9, and it said, And I say to you, whoever d- divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And I remember me and John were in Bible study, and we had read that. We both just kind of looked at each other, and that was scary. Mm. But so I know God hates divorced, 
but then, you know, under counseling and under talking with my husband, I, I divorced before I was a believer. Yeah. I have sorrow for that, that sin and how I sinned in that marriage. But I also have hope that since God has called me, even after that dark time in my life and blessed me with a new marriage, that I am forgiven through Jesus. And I cherish this unity with John. And now I understand mm. the commitment and the covenant of marriage more fully. Right. And I, I think it's really important to note that you were not a believer mm-hmm. when you got d- divorced. This was not something you did when you were already in an active Bible-believing church. Yes, that's true. And I think that's important because in the church and in when you are a Christian, you should strive to keep your marriage going. Mm -hmm. And you should really work on it. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually would say, I think it's important. And if you are struggling in your marriage, I mean, you need to reach out and get help. It's okay to get help. Like you can reach out to your church. You can email me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com because although I'm not a marriage counselor, I would love to talk with you. And I know there are women that would talk with you if you are struggling through something like that. But it is important to note that is a Christian, it is it, you're right. It's a lifetime commitment mm-hmm. that we make. There may be situations. I'm sure there are. There's always exceptions <laughs> in yes. situations. There are exceptions, and that yeah. is true. Yes. But, but we have to go with what is the majority, so we need to try mm-hmm. to stay married. Yep. So as I mentioned before, I was not a believer until after John and I got married. And when I was in my first marriage, I didn't have the Holy Spirit guiding me and convicting me. Right. Yeah, so there was a big difference right there, too. And it's crazy, but... I had Dr. Phil and Oprah to guide me at that point. Oh, boy. I know. I had no idea what the world's equivalent is to that now, but it was toxic to anyone that needs help. And that generic, quick fix, victim mentality is a thing in my past now. I'm so grateful. They would would both tell you to look out for yourself. Oh, yeah. Not to try to make the marriage work. They would say, you know what? It's better for you to leave. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's interesting that you brought that up. That's so true. Yes. And I can see the difference now. Praise God. And I'm now evenly yoked to a man who also desires to love God first and then love me. Our Mm. marriage now is built on a foundation of God. It's like day and night between the two, the two marriages. Mm. I can truly appreciate the way God has restored me. And as I remember that he brought me out of the situation and what he has given me now, and I can also appreciate that um, he's given me this restoration. Yeah. And I have him now, Jesus, to cleanse me of my sins and the Holy Spirit to guide me. I'm unworthy, but I'm so grateful. Yeah, that is a really encouraging part right there. Just a reminder that, that, that the Holy Spirit is there to guide us and to help us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God wants marriage to go well. He, he wants us to work on our marriages. I mean, that's kind of a way we're sanctified is dying to ourselves and loving our spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really feel that prick when yeah. I haven't been very nice to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all have. Yeah. I, you know, this is, you're not the only one. That's what I'm trying to say. I really yeah. feel it. Yeah. yeah. And the Holy Spirit is guiding me to say, you know, go make things right. Yeah. Go yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. And striving for it is good. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know what? Even an unbelieving spouse, the Bible even talks about that. An unbelieving spouse can be won over by a Christian Mm-hmm. you know, by their actions and their attitudes. And so I think it's important to remember that even if you're in that sort of a marriage, working on it and praying and dying to yourself oh, yes. and trusting God in it. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Um, okay. So 
let's 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 move on. I, I wanted to ask you the the whole title of this episode is called the blender. Uh, of course, like I said, not because we're making smoothies over here, but um, I wanted to talk about what it's like to blend two families because you mm-hmm. blended your family and John's family. You blended two groups of kids. You mm-hmm. you you live together. I mean, wow, this is crazy. Um, this happens all the time, though. So, what went well and what did not go well? Well, when you blend a family, you're bringing multiple people in, their hurts, their needs, and the ways they need to be loved together all to learn a new way of life. We're all learning at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And what went well? Not a lot in the beginning, to tell (laughs) you the truth. I cried a lot in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. And there was a lot of yelling. A lot of blaming, yeah, and a lot of wondering what did we do? Yeah, why yes. did we do this? Yeah, was this a good idea? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the easy thing, that's for sure. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like my cereal and milk story. Yeah, like from the beginning, like blending the stuff in my cereal bowl. It just like sometimes you just had like this big clump. Sounds like you had a few clumps along the way. We did, <laughs> we did, and and that's probably true for anybody listening. We always have stuff that's difficult, and it's important to remember that we have to live for God, right? I love Mm -hmm. your comments about victimhood. It's so prevalent in our society all over. And it's something that we as women need to guard against. It's very easy to play the victim. It is. And our world approves it 100%. Mm -hmm. And so instead of us looking at what did we do wrong, how can we help fix this? You know, how can I die to myself? How can I honor God in this? We begin to look at how am I not playing the victim and how am I not getting what I want? And, you know, we can begin to have that attitude and I think it's important to think about, even in the midst of this and really any situation for women, because um, this is really how we grow. And I bet you did some growing during those days. I did. <laughs> definitely. I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you feel like you've grown abundantly. Abundantly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm a much different person now than I was yeah. then. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your family that you have now together. Okay. Because you have two kids with John. We do. Yep. And um, how do your younger two kids fit into this big, broader two families that you've combined? Oh, yeah. This is beautiful. So as the dust was settling, John and I wanted to have a baby together. And it didn't just happen. We prayed for her. Hmm. We thought it was going to be easy. And um, we we actually turned around and we prayed to her, for her. We prayed that hmm. we would have a baby. And God listened, and he blessed us with a little girl. Hmm. And we named her Juliana. Awesome. And the other kids at this point were adjusting slowly, and we were seeing that um, they were noticing that John and I were not going to waver in our parenting or our vows. Mm. Um, We were all living as products of our sin. Um, Sometimes that meant the kids were wanting to test us and act out in disobedience. Yeah, But we would stand firm in our commitment to striving and to wanting to have a home that reflects God's love for us. Mm. Um, The kids would at times rebel and not come to see us for weeks or months on an end. Because they didn't like your your rules or they didn't like the changes in you. Nope, they didn't. Wow. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of the way kids are. They'll take the easy road. So they would go back to their other parents' homes. Yeah. Um, And this was hurting us, but we knew that that was that there was a cost. There was a cost of letting them live disobediently and disrespectfully. And it was more than just a battle of the moment. It was a matter of changing hearts and steering them towards eternity. Hmm. Um, But our God is a God that restores. Hmm. And we just, you know, meditated and prayed. We still do. That's Um, such a really good point that our God is a God who restores. hmm. And this is so true 
as we sit here today because I know that he has restored in your life many mm, things. Many. And fixed things and healed things. And this is true for anyone who calls on God. He can restore things that seem broken or difficult mm -hmm. or like they'll never have a positive ending. He can do that. God is all powerful. That's a really good point to remember. And it makes me think about the book of Job. When oh, Job has yes. his 10 kids, he lost all of his children with all of his possessions and his yeah. wealth. He was stricken with terrible disease. And Job didn't understand why all this was happening. Um, but Job was faithful, even through yeah. his pain. Yeah. Um, in Job 1.21, it says, And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that just really always strikes in my heart. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think, you know. And it's a beautiful example of praising God during painful times. Yeah. And I learned that. Yes. Yeah, I learned how to be thankful during pain and strife. Yeah. Um, but jumping ahead, you know, if you know about the book of Job in chapter yeah. 42 and verse 10, it says, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of um, restoring my relationship with my children, plus yeah. giving me two more. Yeah. Yeah. God and really a husband that is a believer. Yes. Yes, and yes. God's blessed you in that. He has. In in for many reasons. I think God God, you know, we obey God and you made a choice to get married mm -hmm. instead of living together. Mm -hmm. And you made a choice to honor God in sticking with God's word as what you're going to follow. Mm -hmm. And um this isn't like some kind of crazy health and wealth thing that just because we obey God. He always gives us everything oh, yeah. perfect. I'm it's not, not saying that. It's not a math that. equation. Right. X plus Y right. equals. Yeah. But yeah. you can see God's blessings. Amen. You can look back and Praise see them. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. For yep. lifting those scales from my eyes so I can yeah. see. Yeah. How did your other kids feel about um, your two younger ones? Mm -hmm. Well, the older kids really found a lot of enjoyment in Jack and Juliana. Jack and Juliana ended up just being another layer of glue that stuck us together. Mm. Um, Jack and Juliana had no clue what life looked like before them, but they just knew that we should all love each other. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're so innocent. God so loves simple. children. Yeah. He loves children and he te teaches us to have faith like children. Mm -hmm. um, I learn a lot from their innocence and watching them grow as a child who love God and believe. So yeah. there was another way that God healed us, children who are born into a Bible-believing home, showing us a new joy. Yeah, and, and what a life they will live because you have worked to restore in your relationships with your older kids. Mm -hmm. You and John are cohesive, a connected couple, you know, and then you've also forgiven in your life, other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that is great for them to grow up in that home and to see those things. I just think that's good. That's, it's a great thing. Their lives will look different. I love that you said they're the glue. They are the glue. Yeah, totally. They, they, um, they definitely are sticky sometimes, I'm sure. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what they've been eating, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so Audrey, what are some Bible truths or nuggets that you have just clung to throughout the challenges of blending those families together? Because I know when I go through trials, I always have like, it might be a passage or, or maybe it's a, a concept that God just keeps bringing back to me over and over. Mm -hmm. So what about that for you? Well, for me, um, when I really need to feel that I need to submit or have total surrender in something, um, I really meditate on my faithfulness. Like, where's my faithfulness in something or where's my lack of it in something? Yeah. So I've learned to really um, pray and look at different parts of me in a situation. Yeah. 
And sometimes I just really um, find a lot of help from meditating on the attributes of God. Okay. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's yeah. eternal. He never changes. He judges righteously. He's all powerful. Mm. And he's all knowing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yes. And as I finish the list, I feel at peace, ready yeah. to keep doing the work in the field that God has planted me in. Yeah. And, yeah. That's a really good practical thing to do is to go over those attributes of God. Like it's something we should do is have like a, I don't know, like a Google doc or notes on our phone or, mm -hmm. or like flashcards. <laughs> I don't know. Old I school. love flashcards. <laughs> I love them. And just being able to go through because even you saying those, that is such an encouragement to remember that God is mm -hmm. omnipresent. He is always with us. Yeah. Right. And he is eternal. He never, there's no beginning and end. Right. And those are so good. He never changes. Mm -hmm. And I, I think those are, that's a great application today. That's great. And I, I, of course, love all of Proverbs 31. It inspires me to be a great wife for John and a mother who will pass down her love for God to the generations ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And actions speak louder than words. So showing my family the love of Jesus through the obedience to God and his precepts for us shows the kids that God's in our lives and responsible yeah. for who we are today. And my older kids remember the people that John and I were when we first came together mm. and how we're changing as God works in us. So this, I pray, is speaking to our older kids in ways that my human words couldn't do yeah. to bring them to Christ as well. Yeah, the phrase, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. So how God is changing you mm -hmm. speaks much louder than you saying you need to be a Christian. You yeah. need to know Jesus. It's good to talk about it. I'm it not is. saying you shouldn't, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you should speak it too, right. but yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, so Audrey, um, here we are today, and um, I have some questions for you about right now. Okay. Okay, I like mm -hmm. that you love history, but here we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, do you ever struggle in your marriage now? Like, what are some, <clears throat> are, are areas harder than others? I, I think um, I'm really asking this because I know that I sometimes have challenges in my marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we... It's something that comes up. So what do you think? Yeah, so John and I are believers in our marriage, but we're both sinners. Yeah. Yeah. We will I didn't say that yeah because I <laughs> yeah, that's you. You know us. I just know that I'm a sinner too, girl, so yes. I get it. Yeah, we're gonna have trials as long yeah. as we're both breathing. Yes. Until our last breath. Yeah. I think we struggle mostly though when we don't communicate our needs. Um, I remember in our early years festering for hours on one thing that John did to offend me. And I, I just no longer am as easy to offend as I was in the early years. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, I also learned to stop holding a file drawer full of past wrongs. It's, it's just toxic to your marriage. Yeah. I'm not the same person I was when I committed that offense five years ago to John. Um, I would never intentionally recommit that wrong. Hmm. And he's grown as well. He's not the same person he was at yeah. that point either. So we need to forgive fully our, our spouses and wipe the slate clean. Yeah. I've heard they say, keep short accounts. Yeah. Keep them just like deal with it and move on. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to deal with it. You just realize they didn't actually dropping their dirty socks there was not meant yeah. to hurt me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? You didn't do it to make me mad. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's what a so-called damaged woman can learn after God has restored her heart hmm. and blessed her with a life knowing him. And he's blessed me with a husband who believes. I trust God and I also trust my husband. Yeah. So I've learned that through my relationship with God is I can trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even even though, even during those um, 
days when someone might be struggling in their marriage, I think a really good thing to do, you talked about communication. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. I think prayer is super powerful. Oh, yes. I think there are many times that I have been upset with my husband for something and irritated. And I agree with you early on, man, I had lots of things. And now that they've become less Mm -hmm. and I've realized that, you know what? I don't care if he leaves dirty socks there. I'm just going to pick them up, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are still things and prayer is so huge because I think what prayer does is it helps me realize that the reason why I'm so upset or irritated is usually my own sin. Oh yeah. I mean, like the truth is if you're married, you're both sinners. So you just got to deal with it and and keep short accounts. Yes. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that I think is important to talk about is, you know, you came into the church and you kind of grew in the Lord very quickly. And then you got married, you know, like within six months, you were Mm -hmm. a part of the church. You were, then you had not been before for a long time. And so now here you are, you're changing, you're growing, and maybe you were having challenges in your marriage. You're blending these families. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like a, kind of like a perfect storm here, girl. Oh yeah. It was a trial (laughs) a second. Yeah. 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 I believe it. How did the church help you? How did the local body, which we happen to go to church together, so do, yeah. how, how did that happen to help you in, in what ways? Because somebody might be listening who's a women's ministry director mm-hmm. or a pastor's wife, and they might be not have not thought about these things. True. Well, we went through hours of marriage counseling from our church. Are you talking pre- previous to getting married or like... Both. Both. Yep. Beyond two. Both. So we, we went through some before we got married to fully understand our commitment to yeah. the covenant of marriage. That's good. And what to expect. And we went through that with different families, but um, it it was there was more needed. Yeah. There was definitely more needed. And some of those hours were spent with you and your husband yeah. at your dining room table. Our church just saw that we were struggling and we needed help mm-hmm. badly. Um, the difference in this help though and the help that I received in my last marriage was that there was love in it. Hmm. My my church wanted us to see where I was sinning and where I needed to be held accountable in God's eyes and for my husband. Hmm. And this in turn blessed our kids as well. Sure. Yeah, I had trust issues. I needed to see that John had a different way of disciplining and Mm. that we were all learning, but that John had nothing but love behind all of his decisions and that he had eternal perspective in in mind. Hmm, That's Um, good. Yeah, I don't think I'm alone in learning how to give my husband this trust, but I was stubborn and I was hard-hearted. And the church loved me through this. The Mm. women in my church especially, they taught me a new and profound concept. Are you ready? Pray for your husband. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I will will sometimes when I see that he's struggling now, I I pray for him. I pray for every part of his body. Even his toes? Even his toes. Yeah. Because they help him walk places. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, a mind to discern right from wrong in this world, a godly perspective on a situation, and thanking God for his strong hands and the work that they provide for us. Yep. His mouth, that he's providing godly wisdom and instruction for my kids and I. And usually after I complete praying for every part of him, I feel totally reunited and a true team member with him, no matter what we're going through. Hmm. That's a really good application. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's a really good one. If you are right now struggling in marriage, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that. Pray for your whole, your husband's whole body. Yeah. I love how you broke it down into some very specifics. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about, I mean, I teased and said about toes, but we could pray for where he goes, Yeah. you know, where your husband goes. Yeah. I mean, because they go places every day. And I love you talked about the strong hands and the work that he has to do because that mm-hmm. is a job and that is what men are called to do. Mm-hmm. I, I just love all those things you said. That is a really 
really great application. Okay, so um, what are you most thankful about in your husband? Well, I'm thankful that he never gave up on us. The hmm. early years were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for his he's sound and his intelligent advice hmm. and that he provides it when I need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for the way that he makes me laugh. Oh, and yes, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very I'm a very serious person, believe it or not. I can get really like Focused. Um, yeah, I can. So I need to laugh. And he yeah. does that for me. And I love when he smiles at me. He's constantly assuring me of his love mm. that he has for me. And I needed, I, I still need that. Yeah. yeah. I think we all need that. Yeah. I, I um, know John, your husband. And I just want to say that I am really thankful for his energy. I think he mm -hmm. has enough energy for about eight people. He does. And I'm not even teasing you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we spent last year with you guys in our small group. And I mean, he's just a really great guy. I think I would say he makes everything kind of like a party. Oh, yeah, he which, does. Which yeah. is really fun. Yeah. But I really love hearing this whole story of how God brought you together. And I can see that your love for him and your constant work that you guys both do to keep focusing on God and to keep making your marriage not just good, but to make it great. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's really, it's admirable. <clears throat> it's really great to see the work that God's done in you because that's really who's doing it. Is God oh, changing God. you, God mm -hmm. encouraging you, and God strengthening your marriage. Mm -hmm. So good. What are you most thankful for in your marriage? Well, I really feel that we both strive to be known as parents who loved and trusted God in all things of our marriage. Hmm. And I'm thankful to have a partner who wants to pass down this legacy to the future generations yeah. of our family. And it will be really cool to hear how God works through all of your kids. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Okay, so you know what? I bet there is someone out there in the similar situation as you. Maybe they're married, divorced, single mom, remarried again, blending families, right? Mm -hmm. and, and new kids, you know. How can somebody in that situation glorify God? You know, like what are some practical things that someone can do? Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is to be in the Word. Hmm. When I was expecting Juliana, I had a shower with the ladies from my church, hmm. and they all filled out cards of wisdom for me to read during the night feedings or when I needed encouragement. And I remember one profound nugget of wisdom. I wish I could remember it word for word, but it instructed me to read the Bible and pray with my kids right from the beginning. Hmm. I had never done this with my kids before. No matter how old your kids are, read the word to them and pray with them. Hmm. And don't let them wimp out on their prayer requests either. Have oh. them, yeah. Have them take their worries to the Lord. Have them say something that they're grateful for. Have them pray for other people. And I also encourage the confession of sin, hmm. especially in a time of stress in a family. Hmm. Divorce, blending, parenting period is all things that will bring out sin. Sure. And as I confess to my kids where I have sinned, they see that I'm not only their authority, but I'm also a sinner. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I long to be better though. And I can see on their faces that they're surprised sometimes. And they're also relieved that things are going to improve. And this gives peace to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a practical practice, but it's a gift. Yeah. It's the cleansing of our sin through confession in Jesus. And the peace that results from a clear conscience gives us the whole, gives the whole family actually yeah. hope. Yes. Yeah. Hope of restoration and unity with each other and Christ. That's awesome. That is a really, really good, um, really good thought is to just that focus of the fact that we need to be teaching our kids to read the Bible every day, mm -hmm. reading it with them and praying. I love that you brought out the concept of sin. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. As a parent, I think that's huge to talk about. 
Yeah, in James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other mm. so that you may be healed. Mm. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I also started di different holiday traditions. Oh, and, that's fun. Yeah, in different seasons. And so it's good to think, keep some things. These were, these were brand new with your, you're like, as you've blended together. Yes. With, okay. Yes. So you so did not we had do our, like our first holidays that yeah. they're kind of rocky because yeah. you got, you know, people coming from other parties, yes. people coming from other traditions and yes. with, you know, ex-spouses and stuff like that. So I just wanted to start some new traditions and some things you want to keep for your kids, but it's good to start some new stuff too. And especially with small children. So I just wanted to have a Christmas that they remembered. So one year, we enjoyed dipping bacon in chocolate. Wow. I know. So I thought that's different. I want so, to make that a tradition every holiday right there. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good change. Other ones haven't been, you know, so great. We don't do them anymore. But uh, even today, um, we just, we play games with our kids on Christmas Eve. The older, the older kids will just, you know, have to earn their gifts, Christmas gifts, basically. The little kids get to open theirs, but the older kids <laughs> have to earn theirs. That's hilarious. Yeah. And we just do it through games and everybody gets involved as they compete for the Christmas mm -hmm. bounty. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. very fun. Yeah. And so I still have ways that I'm trying to strive to be better though. I'm searching for ways to be more intentional with all my kids still, even when the ones that don't answer their cell phone. Mm. And I just want them to know that I'm here. Yeah. And I know that God has changed me during this whole thing and he's done this work in me and he's done it for them and my husband. Mm. And I just want them to utilize the gifts that God's given me through this and coming to know Him and His promises. Um, so I want my actions and the way I live my life and the words that I give to them to give them hope. And I hope they're encouraged by how Christ has changed me. So I feel like I could be right there with Paul as the worst sinner. Mm -hmm. And I want them to see how different I am now right. and and want to do um, have a relationship with Christ as well. Mm. I want them to, to desire that. So by showing my life and living a life that testifies God's love for me, it's a way that I love them. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially because most of the kids, like I mentioned before, they saw the person I was before. Yeah, they know. I came to Christ. Yeah, they yeah. saw who I was. And praise God, he chose to take the scales off my eyes when he did. And his timing is perfect. Yeah. Philippians 1.6 says, For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Jesus Christ. And this mm. verse gives me so much comfort that God is still working on my family. And I pray that as we grow together, we're all growing closer to eternity. And this is my primary prayer for my family. Just as God has created all things and still manage them, He hasn't stopped creating things at all. New things are being created every day. Right. He's also still working and creating my family unit. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Audrey, for all that you said today. I think that was so good to hear. I can think of multiple women who might be listening in different scenarios. And of course, not anyone's going to always have the exact same scenario as you. Mm -hmm. But there's so much truth in what we talked about today and about, I just heard this theme of God's always is working and to, um, to kind of embrace the work that he does in our lives. And even though our lives may not look exactly how we planned them, right? Or we may wish they looked a little different, mm -hmm. but still trust that God has a plan. And I love how you went back over and over. I think you said it two or three times today about how you had to go back and focus on God's attributes. Mm -hmm. I loved that because that is such an encouragement when someone's going through a trial of any sort. It's just great. 
Thank you so much for all your information. It was really, really helpful. Um, and hey, if you're listening today and you know a friend who has gone through some similar things to Audrey, or maybe someone else has a, a trial in their marriage, why don't you shoot this particular podcast episode out to them through your social media or in a text or an email and let them know about us at Unshaken because I think, as you may already know, our goal is just to be an encouragement to all of you out there. And I hope that those of us who maybe aren't dealing with this in our lives, maybe this isn't where, we at, where we're at right now, have a little different perspective so we can love on those women who might be challenged. Hey, Audrey, would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for this time with Julie and our discussion, Lord. I I pray, God, that all my words were your words and that they reach ears that need to hear these words, Lord, that they encourage. I thank you, God, for being a, a God that restores us when we're hurt and when we're broken and we're damaged. And thank you, God, for doing this work in me and the rest of us, Lord. And I most of all thank you, God, for never stopping your work. You Mm -hmm. never give up on us. And let us remember that, Lord, that you're always working. No matter what our day is like, you are working in us and you're creating new things in our families. Mm -hmm. And I pray, God, that as you bring in new family members, whether it be by adoption or marriage, that we cherish those people, Lord, that we work in their lives, that we shine your light on them, that we serve them like we are serving you and that you bless our families in this. Thank you, God, for marriage and thank you, Lord, how you sanctify us through it. And I pray, God, that one day us, us women, our children, our husbands are in your book of eternity and we meet you. I pray this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, thanks again so much for listening. Don't forget to listen to our special bonus season called Unshaken Moms. This week's episode that dropped right along with this one is called Increasing Intimacy. And let me just tell you, if you are married, you will want to listen to this. It is really good. And next week, we will actually end our season with our last two episodes. We're going to talk with a woman about what I'm going to call the golden years. And you'll just have to wait till then to find out more. But I will tell you, the lady I have on is hilarious okay you are not going to want to miss that particular one we'll also drop one more unshaken mom episode and called anticipating the next chapter which is a perfect segue into the new year that's coming up in another month so right around the corner amazingly so again thanks for listening and remember when everything around you is shaken you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of god until next time